You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. So it's, it's 12, it's, okay, let's start, let's start from, let's start from Romans 8 then. <laughs> I just want to, uh, it's 12 years since I got married uh, to Ogachuku. Um, and God has been very kind to us, 12 years. Um, she's done most of the heavy lifting. I've just coasted along. I think I've cooked three times. I think. I don't need to dispute that. Okay. But, uh, but she's, she's a very kind person. So after service, you could help me say thank you to her um, afterwards. She's very kind. All right. Um, um, there are a lot of lawyers in church. <laughs> There's one particular person who's just been shouting every time in this service. University of Surrey, oh, lawyers, huh? So I've told her husband to control her. <laughs> He's trying. Oh, by the way, should we, shouldn't we celebrate Ezima? It was such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> and I like the way she was dodging us by just reading off. But it's just... It's so beautiful to hear what God has done in your lives. And, you know, I'm convinced now that when I look at you, this is not your real face. I know. I know there's a story behind your makeup. I know there's, I know you've, I know there's, a, there's a story. And it's always beautiful on Sunday when someone comes up and just says, you know, this is where I've been. And um, we, we trust God that he would give you a global testimony in Jesus' name. Amen. A lot of lawyer, how many lawyers are in church? Oh, wow. Real lawyers, or not? If you went to Unilag at all, put your hand up. <laughs> How many real lawyers are in church? I just had to put that one out there. <laughs> Shama, are you a lawyer? <laughs> okay, okay. And um, I, I, the first time I had to go to court for something, I was just fascinated by all the drama they put on when they go to court. Uh, I had to actually be a witness for a case. And I found that very exciting. Um, and, and when the lawyers have to go out, if court is in session, they will walk into the middle aisle, right? And then they will bow to the, the judge, and then they would walk. I just found it, I found it amusing, so to speak. But as legal protocol, there are things you can do in court, and there are things you cannot do in court. Um, one of the things that my limited knowledge of the legal system has taught me is about the importance of advocates and witnesses in providing evidence, in proving a matter. And so this morning, our discussion is about the Holy Spirit as an advocate for us. And witnesses are extremely important. I know not all of us have gone to court before, but you've watched suits and all the other legal, you've watched, you see how they do it with fine suits and just go and talk. And witnesses are extremely useful, especially in the face of contrary evidence. And, and what witnesses help you to do sometimes is to prove what you know to be true, but you cannot prove yourself. Yeah? Um, and I like how sometimes, and in the context of our faith, the role of the advocate or the witness is to help us fight our fears, preserve our confidence. So when you read John chapter 5, Jesus begins to speak about the witnesses that he has. So he says, uh, from verse 31 all the way to 39, he says, Look, uh, John the Baptist um, witnessed about me. He advocated for me, right? 
He says, but even John the Baptist was a man. He says, the works that I do, um, if you go down to 32, 34, can you just read it quickly? Uh, verse 31 says, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There's another who bears witness of me, and I know that the witness which he bears of me is true. You have sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. Yet I do not receive testimony from man or from men or from man, but I say these things that you may be saved. And uh, 36 says, but I have a greater witness than John's for the works which the Father has given to me to finish the very works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. So he said, John the Baptist was one of my witnesses, my advocates. He says, the things I have done, my works, are also another witness. But he says in 37, and the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. You have never, neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form. But you do not have his word abide in you because whom he sent him you do not believe. And in 39 he speaks about the last witness. He says, you search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. So when I run, you know, John chapter 5, I was like, you know, so Jesus was very clear about those who provide a testimony for him. He says, John the Baptist, I do provide some testimony. The works I do, um, the scriptures which you read, the Father in heaven. And I remember a couple of months ago, I then said, so when I, you know, my walk as a Christian, who, who are my witnesses? Do I have witnesses? And uh, if you read First John 5, very quickly. We're just going to you know, roll through a couple of scriptures quickly. First John 5 and verse 6 to 9 says, This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not only by water, but by water and blood. It says, And it is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is truth. For, these, for there are three that bear witness in heaven. It says, The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. Verse 8 says, and there are three that bear witness on earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. I'd like us to pray this morning. Um, I'd like you to just kindly take the hand of the person next to you. If they are agreeable, if they resist you, eye them and leave them alone. Just, but just take their hands. I just pray a prayer for them this morning. Ask that God will leave a word in their heart as we speak through the word. Ask that they will, that this will not just be another Sunday morning. For someone, you're holding the hand of someone who needs encouragement. I do not know their precise circumstance, but I'd like you to just pray strength into their hearts and into their soul. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to do a miracle in this place today. This is one of the most important meetings that is happening here today. So Holy Spirit, have your way here. Have your way. Have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. I pray for my brother. I pray for my sister. I pray that you would bring them to a place of divine experience. Let it not just be something man said. Let it be something God did. We pray this, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, when someone prays for you in church, you should say thank you. Okay? <laughs> All right. Did you pray for me? <laughs> yeah, good man. You couldn't, and, uh, even in front of all these people, you didn't, you stood by the truth. I'll speak to you after service, okay? <laughs> all right, so this is a summary, big summary of my discussion today. 
the Holy Spirit wants to speak for us. Not just to us, but for us. And it's that whole legal thing. And we'll get into some. So help me ask your neighbor, who is leading your defense team? Yeah, who, so, you know, you know, I like how the Bible says in Romans 8 that for as many as are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So when you think about sons of God, you think about them who have um, a team that leads them that is led by the Spirit of God. Um, if you have followed the events in our politics, there are certain cases where the guys go to court with like 40 lawyers, you know, just, just show up at like 10 sons. And the whole idea normally is that by the time the opposing counsel looks across and, <laughs> you know, their, their spirit leaves them immediately. Um, but every one of us, every one of us who is Christian has an opportunity to have the Holy Spirit speak for us. And don't forget this whole period we're talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And um, one of the things when you read John chapter 14 is the fact that the Holy Spirit is an advocate. Um, I said this for someone's benefit. I said it last week. That we can come to God as we are, but that we cannot come to God on our own terms. So as a Christian, you can come to God as you are. Dreadlocks, bald, fair short, tall, you can come to God as you are. But you cannot come to God on your own terms. So the Holy Spirit is not an option or a feature in the Christian walk. It's not something that you choose. I, I, you know, if you, when you're trying to buy a car, sometimes they say uh, the car is, is fully loaded, you know, all the options. So, um, so airbags, you know, well, no, airbags should not actually be a feature. It's not be an option. <laughs> but like keyless entry, Okay. Um, seats, warmers. What else is an option? Maybe tell me. Sorry? Tinted what? Bluetooth, yes. Tinted roof. <laughs> okay, tinted windows, yes. Okay. All right. But the things, you know, but your radiator cannot be an option. Your engine cannot, you can't just say, oh, I like this Mercedes. Oh, wow. Um, can I get one without the engine? Just, <laughs> I like, it doesn't make any sense. You can say, ah, no, me, I don't like, uh, you know, if I put tint now, there will now be, a police will stop me, ask me for, no, no, I don't want tint, take the tint out, right? Or seat warmer, what is seat warmer for? Our environment is already hot, what is seat warmer for? No, I don't want seat warmer. In fact, how much is it? 50,000, remove it, no seat warmer. You know, but you cannot say, I don't want the engine. You must well not want the car. And so it is um, about the Christian walk and the Holy Spirit. In fact, I remember years ago, I had a friend who had, I think it was a, a Hyundai. And I think she, they bought the car only with the engine, really. It's because the, the, there was no central lock, so you had to pin down all the doors. You had to wind down all the windows manually. There was nothing automatic about the car. Everything, but the car moved. And she used to give me rides once in a while. So the heart of our Christian walk the Holy Spirit. So when Acts chapter 1, I think we read through this last week and on Thursday, Jesus essentially says to them in verse 4, do not go anywhere. Just hang on. Let's get this issue about the Holy Spirit sorted first. Read John 15. 
Um, he says, look, you can do nothing without me. And so this morning, when we talk about the Holy Spirit as our advocate, the one who wants to speak on our behalf, I, I want us to be very conscious. So you can live a Christian life where you know all the Christian songs. You know he made the way. You can even, you know there's a time when you come to church and you really don't know all the songs and you just, you know, just, you, you just brave it through the worship. Then gradually you learn the lyrics, right? You learn the it is well, you learn... How you are as well. God is helping us. God is faithful. You learn the lingo. Yeah? There's even a way you, you even learn the, you know where to sign them. You know where to go, mm, you know the deep, you know, oh, deep word. You know, you, you just learn all those things. But you can have all that, but the engine is missing. So, how does the Holy Spirit want to speak for us? And somebody needs to know this that the Holy Spirit, and there are two scriptures I read, knows more about my life and my destiny than I do. The Holy Spirit knows more about my life and my destiny than I do. And I'll read two scriptures where he mentions this. And, and this is the picture I have. Uh, I'll try and do it. I wish I had a flip chart, but I'll try and do, do this. Um, um, so let's assume we have, um, who do we use for an example today? Um, I'm not going to use Yemeka because then everybody says in church that I've always, every message I mention Yemeka. So today I'm not going to do that. I'm going to try. Uh, Oyinda's hands up. Okay. So Oyinda, let's assume that Oyinda is <laughs> in church. And as a person, she, she has at least three conversations ongoing in her space that the Holy Spirit wants to get involved in. Three vital conversations. Okay. Um, one is prayer. One is prayer. Um, Romans chapter 8, verse 26, says, Likewise, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. In fact, I should just also read that in the message translation, if we can. It says, meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we do not know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of wordless sighs our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves, knows our pregnant condition, and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked out or worked into something good. I like that part where he says, he knows us far better than we know ourselves. I always marvel at prayer. I marvel because it's a discussion between us and God who is, who is all wise. Yet it's a discussion where I get the impression that the less intelligent person speaks more. So when I talk to somebody who is much more intelligent than I am, the expectation should be that the more intelligent person talks more, right? But I find that in my prayer, that I talk a little bit more than God does. I'm trying to rectify that. 
the, the less intelligent person, which is obviously me in this prayer discussion, should focus on asking questions and listening. There are very few things that I am trying to tell God that he has not heard before. And my prayer is important. My discussions are important. But uh, there's that which God wants to do in prayer that I cannot even necessarily capture in my mind or in my vocabulary. And sometimes I'm just too weighed down by the circumstance that I'm in. And that's where the Holy Spirit, as an advocate, one of the first things as an advocate shows up for Oyinda since she's the one. Because it's not every time she knows what to pray for as she ought. And how does the Holy Spirit show up? Um, I put in my note that sometimes Oyinda just needs to get out of God's way. You need to get out of God's way in prayer. And that's why you would see in Scripture reference to the concept of praying in the Spirit and that includes praying in tongues. It's in 1 Corinthians 14 too, that the Bible says that he who prays in tongues does not speak to men but to God. We can't understand what he or she is saying. But the Bible says in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. When Pastor Luby Johnson was here a couple of months ago in August teaching about prayer, I liked an analogy he used. He talked about the fact that sometimes when we pray in the Spirit, it's like a conference call is happening. And how that God through us speaks to himself. Because you and I know, you, we saw your scores in English language. Your vocabulary and grammar is still developing, right? I know you got an A1, not okay, no problem. But you know that sometimes when you show up before God, you feel the weight of the inadequacy of what you're saying. And, and so I just want to drop this first. So for someone, one of the first places the Holy Spirit wants to advocate for you is in your prayer. That every so often you just need to get out of his way and just let him pray. And, you know, um, I, I, I think I mentioned it on Thursday, Alpha, and the Thursday service, how when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, um, one morning, University of Benin, I was praying, and then I started speaking in tongues. And I would stop myself, because I didn't understand it. It just sounded like, you know, gibberish. And I, I couldn't stop. And then someone says, oh, look, you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And that's the first place. The fact that in prayer, the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, he wants to be able to, it's like, so he's, he's the head of your defense team. So, there are prayer points that you do not even know about. There are things he wants you to pray about. And, you know, the truth is, a number of us, our prayers are repetitive because it's a, there's a format. You know what? You, you and I know when you start with God, there's a format you normally yeah, pray, pray in. And, you know, there's that depth in our prayer that the Holy Spirit as our advocate wants to take us through. So that's the first place. That's the first place. Let me tell someone, please get out of the Holy Spirit's way. <laughs> Let me nudge them. Just get out of the Holy Spirit. Let him. So if you, if you come to church and we say, let's pray in the Spirit, in all honesty, we're not trying to impress you. We're, we're honestly not trying to impress you or think, make you feel that we are super spiritual. It's just that we want the Holy Spirit to pray through us. I'm going to tie all this together. So the second, so this is, don't forget, 
uh, this is Oyinda. Yeah, she's like, okay, this is Oyinda. No, no, no shade to them. I'm just focused on my message. This is Oyinda. And then, um, so prayer is the first conversation that the Holy Spirit um, wants to advocate. He wants to speak forth on behalf of her. The second have to do with issues about our self-talk and issues of conscience. Our self-talk and issues of conscience. A lot of us talk more within our hearts and to ourselves than we talk externally. Um, I play tennis, and it's, it's always interesting when you see people play tennis, and you see them muttering to themselves. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's just, some of you just think they've gone mad, you know. What are you doing, Idris? Why do you hit the ball like that? You know, it's perfect normal behavior on the court. You're just like, hit it, hit it better. You're like, okay, well, this is going small, small, but you know, it's, you know, and all of you have conversations with yourself on a daily basis. I know some of you speak French to yourself, but all of us speak to ourselves. And one, and, and then it's issues of conscience, and, and one thing the Holy Spirit has the advocate, the senior advocate himself wants to do, is always to leave a witness of the truth in our hearts. So when you read, I think, John 14, John 15, John 16, the Bible speaks about how when the spirit of truth comes, that he would lead you into all truth. Why is it important? Um, so what happens on the inside? Why is it important um, when we read First John chapter five, it speaks about, you know, it says First uh, John five nine says the witness of God is greater. It's because for some of us, not all our self talk is positive. For some of us, not all our self talk is healthy. For some of us, not all our self talk um, aligns with God's view about us. So what our advocate wants to do if we will allow him, is that he wants to show up and remind us who we've actually been called to. Um, when you read Paul's prayer in Ephesians 1, uh, when I was younger, they would say to us, it's a Pauline prayer, and they would say, look, try and memorize it. He says, I pray that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God, that you, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. You may come to know that which is uh, three things, the hope of your calling, um, the riches that we have, and the great, exceeding great power, that he, even the same that he exerted when he raised Jesus from the dead. So the Holy Spirit wants to leave a witness in your heart. When you read Romans 8, um, it talks about how uh, the Spirit of God testifies with our spirits. So this is all law, legal terms. That the Holy Spirit, as your advocate, wants to leave a testimony on your inside about things. And, you know, I've been in I've been in situations before in my life, and I guess as we go on in the month, we'll talk more about where I know the advocate left a witness in my heart. Um, I remember going to speak to an uncle. I can't forget that. And I said, look, I'd like you to give me a reference to go and work at PwC. And um, he said to me, but you made a tutu in the university. And I can't forget that day because I said... Yes, but they take people who make tutus. I, and in all honesty, I had never had that discussion with anybody before. And I, I just said that. And he said, okay, I will check. And so he 
um, he took my CV and sent it there. And I didn't know that in my CV, I had then put a, a note that I had five A's, and I'm not showing off, I'm just telling you how it is. I had five A's and three C's um, at my SSC. And they then had some policy at the time where if you had done very well in SSC, they would let you sit the test, even if you had, um, you didn't have a 2-1. And that's how that's what, but it was, it had to be the advocate who had left, because I didn't know, to be honest with you, who had led, just, you know, put a, a witness in my heart. And I sense that the Holy Spirit He's struggling with certain people in their self-talk, in their inner man. He's saying, look, I want to leave a witness. I want to bring you fresh evidence of which you know not about. I mean, I know when, you know, one time in the university, and, oh God, this will interest you, where there was this girl who I liked, and focus, guys, <laughs> and who liked me, and my friends liked her for me, you know, that kind of thing. So it was like, you know, everything was just working together. And... I just remember one day, I can remember where we were, 42Q, right? I remember how my friends were teasing me about her one day, and I just said to them, ah, she's not my wife. And I, I tell you no joke, it wasn't a, an intellectual conclusion, because she was fair, she could sing. <laughs> Come on, guys, let's... I'm just listening. Come on. I can't be honest with you, boy, again, relax. But, but I have always known that, because Ogo was on that campus, and about that time, I was just somewhere praying, and Lord, my future is bright, my future is secure. And the advocate just showed up and said, I witness, Idris, show us, move on. And, um, and I, I wonder who it is that the Holy Spirit, because, so before we talk about, you know, the Holy Spirit speaking to people on your behalf and all, I wonder who it is that the Holy Spirit is desperately trying to have participate in the inner discussion. I was telling a friend over the weekend, or earlier on the weekend, how at a time I used to, I used to uh, really think, well, I didn't really, it wasn't a, there was fact, but I had not been always wise in the things that I did. And so at times I had been foolish, to put it like that. And a bit of my self-talk was always about how I, just, just very silly, just very, uh, silly is polite, just very foolish. And, and that carried on for a while. I remember until the day, you know, God dropped the scripture in my heart where the Bible says God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And you know, you know how it, it just settled it for me? It wasn't an intellectual conclusion. It was the Holy Spirit. It was my advocate. Because what then happened was every time my self-talk drifted to my foolishness with proof, um, it just says, you know, but it is already relax. This is what God uses to confound the wise. I, am, I act less stupidly nowadays. I'm, I'm getting better. Um, and I don't know who it is that God wants to participate in your inner discussions. I like 1 John 3.20 in the message translation. It says that um, for God is greater than our worried hearts and knows more about us than we do ourselves. Um, the NIV says, if our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. And there's a work that our advocate does when there is condemnation on the inside. 
it's about, because there's times when um, there are things that have happened in our lives and we blame other people. And there are times when, depending on your temperament, you blame yourself. I love the fact that scripture says that God is bigger than our hearts. And so even the times when your heart condemns you, that the Holy Spirit wants to raise advocacy on your behalf. And I'll tell you how he does this very quickly. Another place where all this internal, another place where the Holy Spirit uh, you know, wants to bring up, wants to speak for you, is with regards to your conscience. That perception of that which is right and wrong. I like how Paul puts it in Hebrews 5, and I think it's verse 14, where he says, those who by reason of use have come to the place where they can discern good and evil. It's that ability, that recalibration of your sensitivity and appetite for that which is good and that which is evil. Help me ask the person beside you, is your conscience alive? <laughs> no, ask them with concern, like you're really concerned. Ask them, is your conscience alive? <laughs> and, and, a, and a dead conscience is a dead conscience is a dangerous thing to have as a Christian so for a Christian to be in a place where they think they are right but God thinks they are wrong it's a very dangerous place to be I was talking to a friend during the course of the week and I said it's a, it's a precious thing to have where you do something and you can feel the pull of God on your inside. And one of the things that um, the Holy Spirit does for us is to constantly speak to us on the inside about that which is right and that which is wrong. So I think in the passage in John, between John 14 and 16, he will speak about the Holy Spirit doing a walk where he prompts us about prompts the world about sin, about righteousness, about conviction. So there are certain conversations that God needs to have with you and on your behalf. And these conversations are beyond the weather. These conversations are beyond the exchange rate. These conversations are beyond the way Falake looked at you yesterday. There are conversations, and the conversations are different for all of us because we've all come from different places. So prayer, uh, inner self-talk and issues of conscience. The last one is what I call contrary conversations. And this is what other people, uh, things other people have said that have taken root in our hearts. And they could be innocently said words. There could be words that have been put there intentionally and they've entered the internal circulation of our hearts. The Bible would say, for example, that Mary heed those words in her heart. Help me ask somebody next to you, says, what words are you hiding in your heart? <laughs> it's important. And, and as I prepared for service, um, there, was, there was this you know, um, impression about someone who, and I thought was a lady, who quarrels with the name that she's been called? Because it was almost as if from birth, there was a tag that was put 
on you. And it's not, I, don't, I don't know the history, but it was put on you, and it almost then you know, defines how you perceive yourself. So sometimes there are contrary words that have been spoken about us. And sometimes my sensing is that the Holy Spirit wants to do almost like open heart surgery. And he wants to engage in conversation with us. For some people, he almost wants to take your heart out. And the way, because what happens if you read, I think it's First Corinthians 10. And when certain things have been said to you, and you've believed those things, they form what scripture calls a stronghold. You know, a stronghold. And there's some people who everybody thinks you're beautiful, but you, are, you desperately do not think so. There are some people who, when they tell other people about the things that they think of themselves, the people wonder, how can you think like this? Because we don't think like this of you. And what's happened is that on the inside, there's a, a war that's been fought with words that has taken root. And the Holy Spirit wants space to advocate for us. Um, circumstances will say things to us. In Revelations, the Bible speaks about accuser of the brethren. <laughs> that's one of the, if you have the JD for the devil, that's one of the things. Is that constant accusation of wrong. I love how Romans 8.1 says that there is therefore now no condemnation for them who are in Christ Jesus. It says for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. And, and this is important for us um, because when a Christian walks around with condemnation and guilt, it means they are unable to stand before God's presence. They are unable to serve God like they should. And I don't know. The truth is that it's not often written on your head. Uh, it's not easy to tell. Everyone is looking very pretty and very nice today. But on, we, don't, we can't tell what's happening in your heart. But the Holy Spirit knows. And like I said, he wants to engage us in conversation. So let me try and put this together. Okay? When you go to court, the lawyers, the real lawyers will tell you that it's a bit of a misnomer for you to go to court and try and speak louder than your, than your lawyer, right? You can't go to court and be the one shouting, no, 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 my lord, that's not how it happened. They'll probably drag you out eventually. You keep quiet. And you let, because your lawyer understands the law. In fact, he, see, he or she sees the big picture, understands what witness to call first, who is the joker to be brought out at what time. You just want to tell them, ask Tunde, ah, Tunde was there, sir. I not, no, no, that's not how it's done. And um, as I was putting my notes together, that phrase, let the Holy Spirit brief your heart. Let him present information to your heart. Let him brief you. Let the Holy Spirit, he's your advocate. And he's coming from a place, I, I said this to someone, it's very important, that the devil cannot see your destiny or your future. He cannot. He can sense certain things about you. He cannot see, he doesn't have data. So this is why, as Pastor Godman who explained this to us years ago, this is why when you go to, um, you go to certain places, they can always see the bad things that are about to happen. All the negative things. Somebody's about to die in this house. 
Someone is about to lose it. But they cannot see the realm in which God operates, where goodness is. They can't see it. It's not, they don't have the visa to go there. And for someone, it's about you even asking, I don't know if you have a list of questions. I think last week we, I said, ask the Holy Spirit. I think I asked on Thursday, ask the Holy Spirit. So someone needs to write a list of things and say, Lord, what is this? And ask the Holy Spirit questions because he's your lawyer. He's your advocate. Um, sometimes you have to ask about before you start to ask for. You have to ask about before you start to ask for. I would say three things because, you know, it's easy to say stuff like this and people walk away and you're unable to figure out how to relate to the experience. I'll say three things. I believe that there's an attitude towards the word of God, towards scripture, that allows the Holy Spirit access into your heart. Jesus says the words I speak to you, John 6, 63, are spirit and their life. So maybe someone just even needs to start reading one chapter of the Bible every day. In fact, someone needs to, because it's not fattening that you say you want to be on a diet, someone needs to start deliberately hiding and loading God's word in their heart. There's no need for portion control. You can have as much. If you want to finish a book every day, fantastic. Because for me, what, the scripture is more than just letters on paper. There is spiritual conversation. So for someone, the more you read through the book of Galatians, Ephesians, the more you read through, the, there's an investment of the Holy Spirit in your heart that goes on. For someone, it's about the investment of time with the Holy Spirit. To say, look, I'm just going to spend 15 minutes or 10 minutes every day. And what do you do in those periods? The periods when you are quiet. Like I mentioned earlier, there are periods when you can even just spend time praying in the Holy Spirit. Just praying in the Holy Spirit. There are times when you just spend the time just worshiping. Like I said, when you have someone who is really, really intelligent, our responsibility is not so much to talk and try to impress the person by the things that we know, but it's about us listening to that person. Um, I'll conclude by saying this. I say, so I like how when God deals with Abraham, takes him outdoors and says, look, these stars are just to witness and remind you of the destiny that I have carved out for you. So every time Abraham went out at night, there were constant shiny reminders above his head. So what is the truth about your destiny, about your greatness, about your life, your next steps? The Holy Spirit is shouting, look, I'm way more qualified than you to navigate this part. I am way more qualified than you to tell you what the next steps should be. Someone has been fighting a battle furiously for the last 10 years or 15 years in your heart. And the Holy Spirit says, look, I am 
let me sort this out for you. Jesus says, I would not leave you empty. Because when Jesus was here, of course, you could then ask him questions. But even then, there was just a share of time. How many people could he talk to? But the Holy Spirit is available to each and every one of us. So this is, you know, it's, it's one of those times uh, where we start to talk about the new year. And I was saying to the leaders, um, I'm very excited about the new year. I believe it's going to be fantastic. But that a new year does not necessarily make a new man. So if you don't have hair on December 31st, you're not just going to show up in January 1st, oh, my hair is long, and like PI is on. That's not going to happen, all right? But what transforms a man? What transforms a Christian? It's that allowing God to have his way. I, I really pray that someone will take um, this walk with God to a new level in the next couple of weeks where you're not just talking about the fancy add-on features of the car, but where you're saying, look, I have the best, I have the best advocate in the world. And look, I don't know. You, you know the conversations that are happening in your heart around you. You know where your conscience is. You know what God is trying to get your attention about. You know what words have sunk deep within your heart that have framed the way you think and behave. You know how your prayer life is or is not. Prayer is not, I don't, I, I meet very few people who just tell me, oh, prayer, prayer is just, ah, it's a breeze. I just love, I just wake up. I'm, if I, when, I, when I wake up like this, I already am praying. Before I even wake up, there's prayer, just praying. You know, there may be one or two people who are one near them. Yeah, they do like that. But the rest of us, prayer is something we have to work at. And the Holy Spirit is standing there like, I can help you do this. I, can, I really can help you. You know, it's one thing for somebody to say, I can help you do something, and the person is not qualified. But um, it's something when the person is extra qualified to do it. Help me um, just look at the person beside you and just tell them the Holy Spirit is waiting for you. <laughs> I tell them like a pastor, like an African pastor, like an African pastor. Just tell, tell them the Holy Spirit is... <laughs> Why are you hitting these people? African pastors don't hit people. <laughs> okay? Um, I'd like us to spend five minutes just worship and have conversation with God. I don't know what in the message today, in the discussion today, I don't know what you know, prompts your heart, but you know, I, I am persuaded beyond doubt. I am persuaded beyond doubt that someone needs to give the Holy Spirit some room. So I'd like us to just go ahead and you know, talk to God this morning. Just talk to God this morning. Just talk to him this morning. Like I said, and not just like I said, scripture is clear, but he knows more about our life and our destinies than we do. Father, I give you full control. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, 
please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng.com.